Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We've got a crazy week in the football world coming up. We've got conference championships in college, four playoff spots on the line in one weekend, and we have the game of the year in the pros between San Francisco and Philadelphia. Bet Online Sportsbook has you covered with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for this big weekend in football. If you use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, when you make your first deposit with the link in the description of this episode, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit and you can use that 50% welcome bonus however you so choose maybe Washington's going to win the final Pac-12 championship maybe Alabama's going to upset Georgia maybe you're taking Philadelphia minus three and a half against San Francisco once you make that deposit your 50% welcome bonus is available however and whenever you so choose bet online where the game starts Yeah, we're sitting at about 36 right now, so it's definitely chilly. Well, I appreciate you stepping outside in the cold to, to chat with us. <laughs> we, play, we play during the tough times here on, on your podcast. All right, well, Razor Rosenthal is back. We are so excited to get a chance to chat with him about all of the happenings in the sports world and uh, coming up on what might be one of the biggest football gambling weekends of the season. Uh, Razor, how are you doing, and uh, how have the last couple of weeks treated you? Yeah, Kyle, thanks for having me on again. It's been way too long. I've had a good couple weeks. Uh, you know, we've had some bumps in the road, just like every gambler does uh, throughout the season. And if they're telling you they win every week, they're likely not telling you the truth. So up and down season, but the last two weeks have been really good. A lot of my money line parlay favorites that I really try to investigate and and do a lot of research have come home. And as you alluded to, really fun Friday and Saturday of college football and wrapped up on Sunday with the NFL. So a huge weekend of football coming up. I want to jump right into it because I have been looking for some way to talk college football here on the show. And I think chatting with you is the best way to do a deep breakdown of it because the last two weeks of college football have been crazy. The playoff picture this year is going to be crazy, but I'll ask you first about last week with rivalry week. Uh, obviously Michigan, Ohio state was the the biggest game with the biggest stakes on the line. It was essentially a quarterfinal game and Michigan won for the third year in a row. And Ohio state fans are upset because the interim coach for Michigan who is stepping in for Harbaugh was more aggressive than Ryan Day. Uh, what did you make of that game or any of the other games on the docket during rivalry week? Yeah, we'll start with the game in Ann Arbor. And, you know, Ryan Day's biggest thing last year was telling the media, telling his team that I will never play a conservative game again like that. And, yeah, I think he was a little conservative. I think Ohio State... Kyle, you may not want to hear this and other people want to hear this, but I think they're really good. I think they're the fourth best team in the country still. I mean, I feel like Ohio State has a case to make if Georgia blows out Alabama and Texas maybe squeaks by Oklahoma State. If Texas loses to Oklahoma State, then you give yourself a really good reason to want to put Ohio State in. 
And, of course, Florida State, without their QB1, let's say they lose to the Ville or squeak by the Ville. Ohio State has a case, and I really think Ohio State can hang with any of the top three uh, if Ryan Day decides to play a little less conservative. I thought it was a pretty good football game. I mean, Ohio State was 50 yards away from taking a one-point lead, so this game was certainly... Uh, in their reach, uh, really tough beats for Ohio State betters when it came to the first half and, of course, the game. Uh, Michigan, you know, listen, you know, I, I'm a, I'm in the, I'm in the uh, field here where I don't believe Michigan should be playing uh, in the postseason based on what has transpired with this scandal. I mean, they cheated. I feel like Kyle, if this was happening on the staff of Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan or Central Michigan. You can all use all these Michigan uh, examples. They probably would be banned from Mac postseason play, but this is Michigan. It's a blue blood. It's one of the biggest. It's the number one program in the history of college football, the winningest program in college football. So that's just politics, and it looks like they get a pass. So um, I thought it was a really entertaining game at times. It wasn't a classic. It was a good game. Uh, that's what I made out of Ohio State, Michigan. I played Michigan on the money line. Uh, once I saw that that line open at six, and you're paying two thirty five on the money line, and it closed at you got, you got the money line south of one seventy five. It's just too much value given up. That's almost a full dollar. It's ninety cents that you got back because the betting public was taking Ohio State. So uh, that was a successful game for me, and I'm I'm happy that I won that game. But at the same time, I feel like. Uh, the wrong team is in. Michigan cheated, and they should not be in the Final Four, from my opinion. The Michigan sign-stealing scandal has been absolutely incredible, and I feel like we haven't talked enough about just how crazy it is that they were able to discern the sign-stealing scandal, collect evidence, and essentially draw conclusions from this. Now, obviously, it's an NCAA investigation and the NCAA investigations take a long time because you don't have to cooperate with the NCAA. You you just don't have to do it. They don't have subpoena power. They don't have any sort of jurisdiction in this sport, but it's one of those scandals that's easy and to easy to get the get on the NCAA side and punish Michigan. They just they can't do it quick enough. So the Big Ten, the Big Ten schools really wanted to punish Harbaugh in some way, shape, or form. They got their three games without him on the sidelines, even though the machine was running like no bit like there was no problem with Harbaugh being out. They won all three games. Maybe you could call it a hiccup against Maryland, but like they won all three games running away. And, you know, fan bases like Miami are joking that they would love if their coach could do all the preparation recruiting during the week and then just not coach the game <laughs> like that. It's I'm sure. Yeah, that's a good example. I'm sure Kane's fans would like to see Mario Cristobal on the recruiting trail on Saturday afternoons and not on the sidelines. That's a that's a great example right there. Yeah. And so the the whole thing didn't make sense, but we're going to call it a punishment because the Big Ten wanted to levy some sort of, you know, payback to Michigan and they were pissed off and and Harbaugh's a bit of an asshole. And it, it was an easy decision. I mean, it was not an easy decision, but it was the easiest thing for the Big Ten to do was to just levy a suspension, even without having the the investigation concluded by the NCAA. I just, I just don't know if there's... 
any recourse. I, I, I think Michigan should definitely be allowed to play because I'm not going to be the person who advocates for their whole season being thrown away, especially because this is the best of the Michigan teams that they've had. But at the same time, yeah, I have no idea what this NCAA investigation is ultimately going to turn up that we don't already know about the Connor Stallion sign stealing scandal and now the cover up after the fact because uh, the linebackers coach got fired in the attempted cover up of the sign stealing scandal, too. Yeah, I just think this is really dirty. It starts with the top. I think Harbaugh knew what was going on. I think he'll be out the door, honestly. I think that they there will be some cracking down here this spring. And I, I believe once the one of, what, 20 NFL jobs open uh, after, uh, you know, February 5th, it will probably be earlier than that. We you know it'll be it'll be a black Monday for many NFL coaches. I guess that would be more or less uh, early January. So I, I think I think it's going to all crumble down. So this is for Michigan so big to win these next three games because I have a feeling things may get murky for the Wolverines moving forward uh, with suspensions, with Harbaugh leaving. Who's going to take that job? Uh, I'm sure there it's still a great place to be, but some of the top names may be afraid to come to Ann Arbor if there are punishments that are going to be placed on this program. It takes a lot to want to be a part of that. Um, over some of the other great coaching opportunities that could be out there. So, listen, I don't hate Michigan. I want to throw that out. I actually love Michigan. I've been to Michigan about, th- I think, three times for a game in Ann Arbor. It's such a wonderful place to be. And I just feel like they cheated, you know. And I do believe, I said this five minutes ago, if it was Eastern Michigan, I feel like there's something would have gone down this year. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm acting too conspiracy theory like, but I feel like the little guy would have been absolutely slaughtered in the situation, and the season would have been completely interrupted. Not for the Wolverines, that the overall, you know, probably guaranteed spot to be in the playoffs unless they get outscored two nothing to Iowa uh, in Indianapolis, but we don't see that coming. So uh, Michigan is probably going to be in Pasadena uh, for this Final Four. Black Friday, Iowa, Nebraska never disappoints. Never. never yeah, disappoints. I'll tell you, Kyle, I stayed off that game. I, I, I really wanted to take the under, but I just didn't have uh, what it took to, to play under 25. But good for those who did. Good for those who took Iowa money line. Really good value there. Plus 145. Nebraska lying, I think, a field goal, field goal and a half in Lincoln. Just a terrible game. And I think I think you're going to – you may be asking me this question here down the road, but I'll just throw it at you right now. I, I'm sure you've seen Iowa first half total, team total a half a point over under. That is – that's beyond disgusting. Ah. I mean, that, that that's an embarrassment. Ah. Uh, and uh, um, I I don't even know what direction to take there. I I wonder where it's juiced, and you could probably look it up, Kyle. Is it juiced to the under? Is the under minus one thirty? Is the is 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 the over even money? Listen, how does Iowa cross the thirty yard line? And of course, turnover, right? That's the thing. I think it's really risky to take the under because Michigan, you know, a silly fumble inside their own 30 and Iowa set up in field goal range, right? So it takes it takes a, an interesting gambler to take the under there, but it likely will cash. It probably cashes at a 65, 70% chance on Saturday night in Indianapolis. So the Iowa overall point total, I'm trying to figure out if I can find anywhere that Allows you to bet on the first. Okay, here we go. Iowa team total first half uh, currently sits. They, I, I think this is DraftKings. I think DraftKings is the one that will let you bet this. But 
Iowa team total first half over a half a point is minus 135. Okay, so juice to the over. So there's a little bit of steam on the over for the betting public. I think it flipped around where the under had the steam at, you know, a dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty. Listen, you know, if you put the gun to the head kind of bet and we're and someone says we're gonna kill you or your family, I think I'll take the over. I, I, I think I'll do it. I think that you just really have to hope for a Michigan mishap. And that's not impossible. We all know these are college kids. They make mistakes. Bad snap on a punt inside their own 25. Iowa's got a good defense. So Iowa can force a silly mistake by the Michigan Wolverines special teams or offense. So, uh, Kyle, I mean, uh, give me the over. I sound really foolish, but Iowa will score a rouge. I think a rouge is worth one point in um, maybe the Canadian Football League or something. <laughs> um, give me Iowa over the half. Iowa this year has had six of the nine lowest over under totals in the history of the sports books. And part of it is people are buying into the meme. This has been a joke all year in college football that Brian Ferentz was retained and he had to get 325 points in order to keep his job. And he didn't even come close and, Iowa announced in the middle of the season they were going to fire Brian Ferentz as their offensive coordinator. And they did, again, they didn't even come close to the total. They could have played a full 17 game NFL slate. And I think they still would have came up like 16 points short of hitting the 325 total. But they also won 10 games, which is like really hard to do in college football. And every single one of the six out of the nine that were. Uh, uh, over under the lowest over under point totals in recorded sports book history, every single under cashed every single one of these gigantically low point spreads cashed on the under for Iowa. It's crazy how few points yeah. they're scoring and yet how good this team actually is. It's a really good defense. I mean, it's really tough to navigate on the plus side of the field for these big 10 teams against Iowa. I watched a couple of their games and I, they should not have lost to Minnesota. That was a joke. I mean, they had kind of got robbed there in that matchup, but this is a really, really good defense. And I would still be leery of taking the under here against Michigan, because here's what I'm thinking. If, if, if Georgia sneaks by Alabama, you know, under the four and a half point spread and Michigan goes out, and just runs Iowa out of the gym by 40. And they put up, they'll say they put up, you know, 42 themselves. And Iowa scores a field goal. Uh, Michigan may have a case to be the overall number one seed. And I feel like whoever that four seed is, maybe it's FSU. That's who you want to play down in, uh, in New Orleans or Atlanta, wherever the other final four game is. You may have to let me know where that is. It could be Atlanta, but, um, just, just an opportunity there to think about if you're like, oh, definitely taking the under here. I think I think Michigan does not hit the brakes in the middle of the fourth quarter when they're up by, you know, potentially 28 points. I feel like they just keep scoring and scoring, maybe try to secure the one seed. Is this a year that the Rose Bowl is a playoff game? It is. It is. Then, yeah, the Rose Bowl is uh, going to host yeah. the 2-3. Yeah. Uh, then the Sugar Bowl would be the second one. Okay, so it's New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, you know, if FSU beats Louisville, 
by double digits. Let's say they win this game by 10 to 12 points. I think FSU probably sneaks in as the four. That's the team you want, right? So, if, if you know, th- listen, the Alabama game is going to be over about an hour before Michigan starts. These guys know what's going on. If Georgia somehow sneaks by Alabama by three or four points, I think they try to boat race Iowa to, to lock in that one seed. Michigan has never made the national championship. Uh, you know, so, I should say never, excuse me, since I've been in, I think, high school. This is so important, I think, to, to not to avoid a team like Oregon in Pasadena. You don't want to play Oregon in Pasadena if you're Michigan. You want to boat race Iowa and somehow maybe leapfrog Georgia. So, yeah, that's my theory on this under. Be a little leery of Michigan trying to put up 35 to 40. Just the last note about Iowa, because I cannot talk enough about Iowa, but there's actual real college football. That game against Nebraska had 14 punts, two missed field goals, a backup kicker come in the game and make the game winning kick to still cash the under. Because if the game goes to overtime, that game is just hitting the over just by chance. Most likely. I mean, some dumb thing could have happened. 80% chance. 80% chance it probably goes over the total in overtime. I agree. Yeah, The lowest over-under total in the history of the sports books cashed out for Iowa. It was just... What is the total? Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt you. What is the current total in the Big Ten Championship right now? Uh, I last I saw it was 35. I don't know if that's still the case, but it was at one, it was 35. Yeah. And I, again, it, it's, I always got a good defense, but Iowa has not played an offense like Michigan. I don't think this whole season, you know, they avoided some of the big dogs in the big 10 and they're out of conference. Always pretty remarkably weak. I think Kyle, I think the play is the over here. I, I may buy this down. I'll tell you what I would do here. I would consider, you know, getting involved in a teaser somehow to tease this total down south of 27 and a half and just hope Michigan puts up 28 on their own. And you're in good shape. Then you just got to find the, the right pairing for them. But that pairing may be Oregon. You know, maybe you, you tease the Michigan – uh, total down to 27 and a half and let's get Oregon down to two and a half. <laughs> the money line is Michigan minus 3,200 for this game. Yeah, that's is- silly. That's silly. Yeah. Th- I think at that point you just put put, you know, throw your Papa John's five ninety nine order on Iowa money line, because you know, what happens if two key guys for Michigan get hurt? QB1, RB1, eh, I put down 15 bucks to win, you know, $190 on the Iowa money line. But, but I don't recommend that. I would not take the Michigan money line. They're going to win, but where do you get out of that? Yeah, it's, the line is just going berserk. The Iowa one is even that crazy. It's plus 1400 which is a lot. There's, but... no val- it's, there's no value in that to me. I look at that as, again, pizza money, $10. You come home with 140 You got yourself a really good steak dinner for two. But that $10 is almost, I don't know, 95% chance burned. So, you know, I, I listen, I, I don't like those bets. I, I, I just, if someone says, I had to take the money line, do I take Iowa or Michigan? I would tell them to take Iowa. It's just so silly. But you just cannot risk $3,200 to win 100 It's bad math. It doesn't make sense. 
All right, let's go on to this weekend because there's a lot of fun, chaotic, crazy stuff that's about to happen. And, you know, the last year of the four-team playoff format, this is probably if number one or number two year in terms of difficult decisions for the committee to have to make. Uh, going into this weekend, I'm curious your thoughts. How many teams have a chance of making it into the playoff, in your opinion? I, I think you can exclude uh, Missouri. I think you can exclude everybody. I would say Missouri is out. Um, I, I, I'm not going to exclude Ohio State. So what I'm trying to say is, is I think Alabama and Texas and Washington and Oregon are somehow alive with help. Um, Oregon, Washington is not – to me, that's a de facto game, right? So we can throw that yeah, out. The winners That's a quarterfinal in, The game, losers yeah. – the losers out, right? Um, Alabama beats Georgia. Uh, Texas loses to Oklahoma State. Uh, give them a look, right? Ohio State needs a lot of help. They need the they need the bill to beat FSU. Um, Ohio State needs you know a good win by Michigan to continue the elevation of Michigan being a really good loss. They need Georgia to roll Alabama. I give Ohio State, you know, maybe a 16% chance to to be the number four seed. But wouldn't we just love, and we talked about this on your podcast a year ago, Ohio State, Michigan in the semifinals and a neutral. Oh, my goodness. I would love to see that. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think that everyone has a prayer. They're going to need help. Alabama, Texas, Ohio State need a lot of help. FSU needs needs to really take take control of this game against Louisville. I don't know if they're a lock if they somehow emerge by one to three points. Maybe they are. But if you're in Florida State, you need to win this game somewhat convincingly to feel really good about playing in New Orleans on December 31st. But there is a lot to unfold here. I, I, I just think that the team, and we'll talk about, I'm sure, this game. We may talk about it right now in Las Vegas. I, you know, Washington's offense has really sputtered over the last few weeks. Now, this is this line is insane. Uh, I, I cannot believe it reached north of 7.5. My line on this game, when I knew it was going to transpire, was 7.5. So the value is on Washington to me. I really think they're getting good value with Washington. This team's good. They beat Oregon, right? You know, So it's not like Oregon's already played them and beat them. Not a lot of respect. I love Oregon money line here if you marry them with somebody or tease them down, but... I like Washington with the points. They're getting no respect here. Yeah, I was shocked to see nine and a half as the line there. And granted, it's a neutral field and Oregon has been the better team as of recent. But I was I was stunned to see Oregon almost a 10 point favorite. If you see a 10 point favorite, the NFL, you chalk that up as a guaranteed win. And I guess in my mind, I thought Washington would be the team that gets to the playoff. And now they are, you know, they're the number three seed, but they're the the underdog and you know, this some people are saying this is a game to decide the Heisman when I it's it seems like Bo Nix is probably gonna get it no matter what. Like Michael Penix would have to have a an incredible game to to outclass Bo Nix in the Heisman race. But I I'm with you. I couldn't believe that the line was nine and a half. And looking at the looking at the breakdown here right now, it's it's not like it's super juiced on Washington either because 58% of the bets on the spread are coming in on Washington right now. So I, Vegas is content to just keep yeah. moving that line up, which is interesting. 
Yeah, if you're a Washington backer, you really need to buy this up. You got to have to pay. You want to pay a full point to ten and a half, and just pay the dollar thirty-five. That's the play. But I would say if you're going to bet Washington pretty heavy, just make sure you have Oregon money line somewhere secure, where you feel good about the other side cashing. You know, potentially an NFL play like the Miami Dolphins with Oregon Ducks. Uh, I have Texas Oregon, Kyle. Uh, as my big money line parlay, it's a five-unit play. I think they both come home, but I but I'm sprinkling in to, uh, Washington in there for sure. So does Texas need just one team to lose at the top of the the playoff right now? Like it could be Florida State, it could be Georgia, but they just need one of those teams to lose to get in. Is that their thinking? I think they want Georgia to win. I think they need Alabama just completely out of the picture. Let's take Alabama out of the equation for Texas, even though they beat them in Tuscaloosa. You just don't want any Alabama discussion if you're the guys from Austin. FSU loses to the Ville. I would say Texas has a viable chance. Let's go back to Oregon, Washington real quick. If you're a voter and Oregon hits a game-winning field goal against Washington, the final score is 34-33. Does Washington have a case to be in in the playoffs if FSU loses? And Georgia wins, ah. right? I mean, so I mean that that that's the thing. I mean, it's it's really complicated scenario i think that washington while it likely is a de facto quarterfinal game you have to consider washington a viable final four candidate running the table in a very good conference and losing on a neutral to oregon by one or two points um does, does washington secure the four seed if the chips fall where florida state loses louisville and you know georgia beats up alabama or is it, or is it Ohio State or Texas that jumps Washington? You know what I hate about these scenarios are sometimes you have to really look at what happened from Labor Day to December, you know, third. It's not just what happened on December third. It has to be what you did the whole fall. And I think Washington has the case if they barely lose to Oregon. That's what's so tough because the first time they played, it was essentially, you know, Oregon had a drive to try and win the game at the end and they lost, but Oregon would come back and barely avenge that win. But why would Washington be punished unfairly for that? It's, it is a totally impossible scenario. And if Florida state wins, it takes a lot of the drama out of this weekend because I know they don't have their starting quarterback. I know that they've, you know, only beat Boston College by two and they were down 12 against Florida. And people would suspect that if they matched up with Georgia, Georgia might be a double digit favorite in a playoff game. But you undefeated conference champion Florida State deserves a chance to play with their backup quarterback in the playoff. I know it's not going to be the most fun playoff game necessarily. And I think. Uh, Georgia versus Ohio State 2.0 might be just as exciting as last year, but I I think it's going to be Florida State as long as Florida State just gets a win. Doesn't matter how they get the win against Louisville. If they get the win, they'll be the four, and winner of Oregon Washington will be the three. Well, I, I kind of disagree, and this is what makes this, you know, our country great, and this is what makes you, you know, podcasts like yours great, is you can talk about this. And uh, I, I just think this is a business, right? And if Florida State barely loses to Louisville or beats Louisville by three or four, well, let's not, let's not say loses, loses, they're out. We all know that. 
Um, they beat Louisville by a field goal. And sitting there are the Texas Longhorns and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So let's talk about business. What are you making Texas versus FSU on a neutral? What are you making Ohio State FSU on a neutral with a QB2? I think both of those teams are laying north of uh, five and a half. So it's a business. The best team needs to be in that scenario. Um, so I'm pulling for FSU to make it selfishly because there is – if FSU blows out Louisville, the Orange Bowl committee, Kyle, may just take – the NC State Wolfpack down in Miami Gardens. Uh, and I, I say that, you may think this guy is crazy. It's not crazy. You know, a lot of the times the the, the runner-up in the ACC championship game, uh, if the team in the ACC that makes the Final Four, if they get boat raced, uh, they, don't, they don't land in a BCS bowl game. It's usually that third team from the conference. NC State, an incredibly... A incredible turnaround of events since losing the Duke by seemed like 76, only you know, lost by 24 in Durham. But they winners of five in a row, lost to Louisville by a field goal. Louisville coming off the UK loss. If they get blown out by Florida State, I think NC State goes to Miami. So interesting scenario there. I know we got off track there, but the Wolfpack have a chance to make history reaching their first ever BCS bowl game. I don't know if that's a case for or against Florida State because the ACC had a had a down year, and honestly, the ACC had a down yeah. three years for the most part. They have. Well, I think what we're you know, for if you're an NC State fan and you want to go down to Miami Gardens or you want to say that my team is in the Orange Bowl and watch it from home, you're going to need an FSU big win because if if Louisville loses barely by a field goal and FSU emerges as the four seed. I think the Orange Bowl committee will take the number two team from the ACC as they that's kind of the, the default they have to. So uh, interesting scenario in, here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Is there anything that you really like from the Louisville, Florida State game as a gambler? Because I, I, I see no. for the first time the the over under like 93 percent of the bets are on the over. 80 uh, percent of the money line bets are on Louisville plus 120. Uh, is there yeah. anything you like or stay away? Yeah, I think I'll play it more than likely live. But if I was to just put out a play, I'm taking Florida State money line, dollar fifty-five, dollar sixty, and I'll play Louisville smaller than that. So maybe a three-unit play on FSU money line, maybe a one and a half unit. Let's bring Louisville up to plus three and a half or four, and now you got yourself a guaranteed one and one scenario. Hopefully, you middle that somehow with an FSU one to three point win. That's my that's my advice there. But it's a good live play. I, I, I have a feeling if you start seeing uh, Florida State unable to move the ball, Louisville can score, unlike the Florida Gators, right? Florida State against any decent team, if they come out the way they played in the Swamp last Saturday, if they play like that against Louisville, they're not going to win the game. They just won't be able to catch up in points, Kyle. That's the thing. They don't have a great offense in my opinion, without Jordan Travis, the offense is okay. It seemed like against Florida, just okay, right? Like a like a mediocre run in the mill ACC offense. Well, Louisville is a very good ACC offense, so it scares me to to really go heavy on FSU. But what? But the betting public is just pounding Louisville money line, trying to get that plus money value. That scares me. I think the the way to play this is live. If you have the capability of betting this live, and you start seeing Louisville 
moving the ball and FSU not, and you have to pay a dollar sixty or dollar seventy on the Louisville money line live, that's okay because they're probably going to win the game. So I'm probably going to be in the in the live market for the ACC championship. And it looks like you can get Florida State as low as minus one thirty five right now. If that's you a good value, man. I think that's great value. I really do. I, I just don't know if I want to put that money in there quite yet. And I'm like I said, listen, I think most gamblers uh, in this world of technology have the ability illegally or legal to go live. So that's my take on this game. It's a really dirty, nasty game. It's really hard to say. FSU defense is really good. So they are capable of winning this game for them. I'm just going to stay out of the pre-flop market likely. So Florida State is in a position where they need a win and they more than likely than not get into the playoff. That seems to be where things stand right now. Uh, I would assume Texas is a heavy, you know, you're you're not concerned about Texas on the money line against Oklahoma State. It's 14 and a half. They should be fine there most likely. I like them. I like them at their money line with with a marriage. Obviously, to lay six fifty on your own is very risky. So if you marry them with Oregon, like I did, that parlay turns into minus two something, minus two twenty. I'm okay with that number. I do think Oregon and Texas will win these games outright. The way Oregon's playing, I still, like I said, I still think Washington has every every chance to cover this number. Yeah, Oklahoma State's an interesting team. They do play up to their level, so I do expect a better game out of the Pokes than we saw against BYU and against, uh, I think there was another team where they, they lost to recently two or three weeks ago. They they survived Houston. I think at one point they were down by 10 to a really bad Houston Cougar team. Oklahoma State's a really tough team to figure out, but they got a great running game, somewhat decent defense. But the, te- the Texas Longhorns are playing really good football. Listen, Kyle, we wouldn't be having this conversation whether or not Texas may make it or not if they just didn't play prevent defense in the Cotton Bowl back uh, in, on Halloween weekend. Texas should have won that game. That, that, that one stings the most. For all my bets this year, the Texas money line stings the most. They should have beat Oklahoma. And I think that Texas is by far the best team in the Big 12. They're better than Oklahoma. I think they're far superior to Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State playing with a chip on their shoulder, nothing to lose, a chance to go to a really good bowl game. If they beat Texas, you'll probably see them in the Cotton Bowl, maybe the Fiesta Bowl. That's a big deal for the Pokes. But no, it's Texas. Texas wins this game. Can't really feel great about 14 or 14 and a half, but Texas money line is is the play with Oregon or even an NFL team. You just got to shop around. You got to look for it. I I would say one parlay that I'll probably put in today or tomorrow, just want to see the injury report for the Cowboys would likely be Dallas and Texas as well. The Cowboys and the Texas Longhorns together. Let's marry the guys from Austin and Dallas. All right. So Texas is there, which by the way, like if this were any of the last, three or four college football seasons, Texas would be a shoe in to make the playoff. And last year with TCU, it felt like we were just like grabbing at straws to find teams to let into the playoffs at a certain point. Like this year's Texas team would absolutely be a playoff team. If not for just the existence of an undefeated ACC champion and an undefeated SEC champion and an undefeated Big Ten champion, and at the as of right now, an undefeated Pac-12 champion in the same season. It's just terrible luck for Texas because this is a team that 
is worthy of being the fourth team that gets smoked out of the playoffs. Like that's kind of the space that Texas is occupying this year. And they're not even going to get a, a crack at it. It would appear, but Texas should win their last big 12 championship and go to the sec and have that uh, fifth or sixth team uh, kind of not necessarily inferiority complex, but kind of the, the disappointing let down bowl game of we we thought we were going to be this, and now we're going to, uh, I don't know, the, the Cotton Bowl, and we're disappointed that we're in the Cotton Bowl, but we're still just going to play as another game that our fan base can travel to and stuff. It just kind of stinks for Texas that they're going to end up five or six, barring, you know, if, if Ohio State had a 16% chance, like you said, of getting into the playoff, I think Texas is probably even lower than that at this point. Yeah, it's pretty close between Texas and Ohio State. I'll throw out a crazy scenario for you, Kyle. If Texas uh, is in the Cotton Bowl and Tulane loses to UTSA, which I think could very well happen, you could see UTSA versus Texas oh, in yes. in Dallas, and that's not that's not an impossible scenario because we saw Tulane be placed in the Cotton Bowl last year, outright win over Southern Cal. UTSA will not beat Texas, but what a storyline that would be in the Lone Star State, huh? Oh, hell yeah. Now I want that to happen. Now I want <laughs> that game to to become a reality. That would be awesome if you could get Texas versus UTSA. Even Texas versus Tulane would be fun. I would love to yeah. see that as a bowl game. Tulane's a good team. I, I, I think Tulane emerges on Saturday afternoon in, in New Orleans against UTSA, but that's a really good game. I think that goes under. It seemed like a high number. Those defenses are pretty good. I, I would lean under there, but give me Tulane on the money line. I think we're going to see Tulane right back in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. They're a good team. Uh, Tulane versus SMU is currently a. Oh, I'm sorry. Four- Did I say UTSA? They're playing. I meant SMU. Both teams from Texas. I thought I said UTSA. SMU versus Tulane. So if SMU beats Tulane, they're going SMU versus Texas could happen. I'm sorry. I, I really messed that one up. Yeah. SMU 47 is the line right now over yeah, under. Yeah. Two really good defenses between SMU and Tulane. I think Tulane gets the W, but what a great season for both programs. And again, yes, it's not UTSA. It will be SMU who can get to the Cotton Bowl potentially with a win over Tulane. And that would be. A really good storyline. SMU versus Texas, Austin versus Dallas in Dallas. What a game. Yeah, it should be very fun to watch that game come together. Uh, I guess the only game we haven't talked, we talked about it in terms of the the stakes, but any thoughts on Georgia, Alabama from a gambling standpoint? I watched the whole game down on the plains last Saturday. And I have to be honest with you. I really no uh, the the Alabama quarterback's phenomenal. He's great. I don't see Julio Jones out there. I don't see Derrick Henry. I don't see anybody in that caliber out there for the Alabama Crimson Tide. The weapons are lacking, Kyle. They should not have won that game. We all know that. Auburn's a bad team. Very bad team. From an SEC standpoint, they're bad. They're they're, they're middle-of-the-road SEC team, and they should have won that game. Great gambling story here, real quick. I don't know if you saw this. A timeout was called on fourth and goal from the 31. 
There was a guy that had Auburn money line as final leg of his parlay. Okay. The the reward was six figures if Auburn holds on to the win. He off and, and just like FanDuel and DraftKings, they offer you the cash out option, right? Mm-hmm. Of course they're gonna offer him this cash out option because it's fourth and goal from the 30. So instead of paying out this gentleman maybe 130000 they offered him 65000 to cash out right now during the timeout. He took the cash out. Oh he my took gosh. the cash out option, and he, and he, and he is $65,000 richer and has to be one of the happiest people on Thanksgiving weekend to do that. That is a remarkable play. Not many, I wouldn't have taken the cash out option. I would have taken my chances on fourth and goal from the 30th year at Auburn money line better. Uh, very fun story. Now, going back to this game, I don't, uh, Georgia, I just, they, they, had, they didn't show their cards against Georgia Tech. They really didn't play that great against Mizzou, even though they kind of ran them out of the gym. This Georgia team isn't that super flashy on offense, but they are so solid. They, you know, they, they didn't come out looking good against Tennessee and then just blew them out. I don't think Alabama's offense can match points. Give me Georgia. I mean, maybe I'm too square bear here. But I love the Georgia money line. Is if we're south of two fifty, all day, Georgia money line. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, one of the things that people said was a problem with Alabama early in the year is that they essentially had a middle of the road Power Five offensive line, and that's something you never come to expect from Alabama. And it's gotten better as the season's gone along, but they haven't been this excellent running team like you've come to expect from previous Alabama teams. And so even without weapons, they also haven't been able to run the ball. And that's when their offense gets stagnant. And even though this is not the, the uh, this, I would go as far as to say, this is the worst of the three Georgia teams yes. of the yes. last three years. They still have a, a talent advantage on the defensive line and in the linebacking group compared to Alabama. So I, I don't think it's, you know, a square pick to say Georgia's gonna, you know, hold Alabama on offense and they'll win uh, with their defensive prowess. Like, yeah, that, that seems like a very reasonable way for this game to go, given how Alabama has played for most of this season. Yeah, I like it. I, 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 I'm not in the. I'm not even. I'm not sprinkling Alabama plus four and a half here, Kyle. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and feel good about Georgia winning this game outright. If two fifty is the money line or two twenty is the money line, and that is too rich for your blood, then go ahead pair up Alabama, uh, Georgia and Texas. That will bring it down. Pair up Georgia and Oregon. I'm just gonna play them for me straight. Not parlaying them. I'm going with Oregon, Texas, Texas, Dallas, likely, and Georgia straight. Georgia straight to beat Alabama. And I think that's a good play. And I assume Georgia will get the one seed. Maybe Michigan gets the one seed. Either way, I would love to watch either of those defenses play against Bo Nix or Michael Penix in the Rose Bowl. That would be excellent. Excellent. Because I think there's a world. One of them will. One. Yeah, I think there's a world where, again, Georgia or Michigan comes up short. I know last year Michigan lost to TCU and ruined the, the national championship game for all of us, but Georgia and Michigan are the two best teams again, and there's a world where they might not match up again because 
Bo Nix went berserk in the Rose Bowl against their defenses. Yeah, I, I'd be curious. You know, what's the Oregon Michigan line in Pasadena? What's the Oregon Georgia line in Pasadena? Boy, I tell you, I, I don't think it gets north of four against Georgia. I think that's a two and a half point Georgia, maybe. I mean, that, you know, traveling out west, this is what we talked about earlier. I said how important it is to, to, to be the number one seed. I don't think anybody wants to play Oregon out west. I mean, that's an obvious statement. I'm being silly. I mean, that it's, of course nobody wants to play Oregon out west in Pasadena. That would be the nightmare scenario for Michigan, who continues to not, you know, could falter once again in the Final Four. So it's so important for Michigan to boat race Iowa and I think it's as important for Georgia to at least win by a touchdown. And I think once they get to that touchdown mark, they'll lock up the one seed. So we'll see. It's going to be really, really telling. Again, I'll say this again. If you if 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 Georgia barely beats Alabama, I would take the Michigan over against Iowa. I really think they're going to try to score 30 something points. That's all you need for it to travel over the total. Is there a world where Georgia will miss the playoffs? I would say I would say in a 21 18 to 18 plus loss to Alabama and let's say they lose their QB1 the committee's like well Georgia's nothing without their QB1 back and they lost by 20 let's take them out. So can that happen? I think there's a 10 to 15% chance Georgia could somehow lose this game by 18 plus. I I don't think it's impossible. I would say there's always a chance. This is still Alabama and they still have some of the top talent in the country. Um, I think that's the case, Kyle. I think I think if there's injuries on the table and they lose by, you know, a, a really large number, I think you can put it in Alabama, and I think you can uh, say Georgia's out. Man, if they put Alabama in but leave Texas out, that would be brutal. That would be brutal for Texas if that was the call. But, I mean, Alabama winning would create absolute chaos just because it adds a whole nother team into this giant drink of the college football playoff it would be maddening if alabama were to win this game ohio state and texas need georgia and louisville to emerge then they can come to the dance maybe with a date maybe they could have a chance to get you know get into this into this thing but those scenarios must happen. Georgia must beat Alabama and Florida State must lose to Louisville. And then let's see what happens with Texas or Ohio State. Because both of those teams leapfrog Alabama by a lot. And both teams leapfrog FSU. Man, that's a really interesting scenario to find ourselves in. We'll see. What happens there? Glad we did finally get to do a deep college football breakdown. I've been looking for some way to weave in just how crazy this college football season has been. Uh, I know we're short on time. Is there anything interesting in the NFL you wanted to touch on before we go? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, season over for my Buffalo Bills. You really can't fathom what has transpired over this year. Josh Allen improves his record to 0-6 as my sarcasm comes out in overtime. Um, the uh, it, It's just... Listen, uh, really tough season. Uh, yeah, I think the interesting storyline is obviously San Francisco laying a field goal at Philly. A lot of steam on San Francisco to cover the number. We, we just see it. Philly's just 
looks like they're tired and beat up, but they play the last quarter of the game just better than anybody like they did against Kansas City and Buffalo. I don't know, Kyle. I don't I don't know how I can lay points on the road against the Eagles at home, but that seems to be the consensus consensus play is San Francisco laying the two and a half or three or the money line. I'm not in on that game quite yet. That to me is an incredible storyline there. Um, the rest of the field looks, you know, not so attractive to me. I don't really remember a game that 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 stands out uh, in the NFL this Sunday, Thursday night. That Seattle team, I, I, I just don't think their defense is very good. I think that they have some weapons on offense, but Dallas likes to pick on bad teams or average teams that we know they cannot beat the good teams. This is not a good Seattle team. I think Dallas rolls uh, on Thursday night. Uh, there's the battle for the wild card between the Broncos and Texans. That's one of the the big games. Yeah, of the that's week. an interesting storyline there. That is an interesting storyline. I mean, I think Houston is really good. They have a lot of weapons, Kyle. I mean, C.J. Stroud's been incredible. Uh, I don't, I just don't think Denver's that good. I think Denver has has played. Uh, you know, some listen. The Cleveland game. I don't take that serious. I don't think DTR is ready for the big stage. And we saw PJ Walker come in in relief. That didn't go very well. The Bills game, again, bad coaching. It's a great win on the road. Let's not take that away from Denver. But I don't like this Denver team. I don't like his weapons, uh, Russ's weapons with Judy. He's just a disaster. Sutton has potential. The running game to me has been very mediocre with uh, Javante and uh, Piron. It's just, it's just not a good team. And I think, you know, if they can get through Houston, then they got a really good outlook moving forward. But interesting game. Don't have a lean on it. I, I think the storyline, obviously, this weekend is Philly and San Francisco. And um, I kind of like Philly in this spot. Everyone's just talking about when you look at some of these things you read on Twitter or you listen on the Visa network, it's all San Francisco steam coming in. So leads me to believe Philly is going to have something to say about it. All right. I'm excited to watch that 49ers and Eagles game with you. Even if the, even if the 49ers are getting all the juice, which is interesting. Cause like, I understand why the 49ers would be getting all the juice. They're the one team that has shown offense that is at top of the league level and recently has been holding defense on defense, holding teams and getting turnovers. And even while losing players to injury, they've still maintained some of that defensive prowess. Obviously Hufunga going out for the season stinks, but I I understand why people are so gassed on the 49ers, but you're right. It's the Eagles at home. I don't think the Eagles have lost a home game since God, I can't even remember when the last time the Eagles would have lost a home game. It might be the start of last year or in 2021 was the last time the Eagles lost at home. Yeah, we have a short memory. I mean, I, I know the the Niners were really banged up, but the Eagles, I mean, they they blew out. It looked just like a soft team versus a, 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 a hard-nosed team. Um, I, I just think that that this is a this is a team that has potential to to continue on a path into the Super Bowl. And I don't think that San Francisco is a sure thing on Sunday afternoon in Philly. Again, uh, uh, I, if I had to take it right now, I'm taking the Eagles plus the points. I'm not so sure that the San Francisco 49ers team is a lock to take care of business. So um, interesting storyline. And, hey, the last team, the last quarterback to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 
good old Zach Wilson. So what do you have to say about that, Kyle? The last time Jalen Hurts lost a game at home was that Monday night game against the Commandos last year. And oh, boy. Uh, that's the only one in the last two seasons. The only home loss for Jalen Hurts in the last two seasons. A survivor killer for probably many contestants. Yes, I think you're right. But they, the 49ers are that team. So we'll see what happens. Two best teams in the NFC. Maybe two best teams in football, given all the, the parody and chaos in the AFC right now. So... We'll see what ends up happening. Razor, thank you so much for hopping on this morning. It's always greatly appreciated. Uh, You can check out his Twitter for all of his gambling escapades during the season at Rosenthal Razor. It's linked in the description to this episode. And take his advice going into this weekend on the the Oregon-Texas parlay and a couple other, you know, Miami Dolphins getting in there. There's a lot of fun stuff and he usually ends up in the positive with his money line parlays so thank you for chatting college football with me i've been looking for a space to talk about all the chaos that's been happening in college football this year well happy to give you that space look forward to chatting with you as we get closer to bowl season i know we'll talk before christmas if uh if that is not the case hopefully i'm sure it is happy holidays to everybody listening happy holidays to you kyle uh, cash and tickets, it's a great weekend ahead. We're in December. It's crazy. December will transpire here. That means we have a lot of betting to do with college football in the bowl season coming up. Uh, have a great week ahead, and good luck to everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.